Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, Power Hour Nation. So good to be with you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Power Hour radio show. ThePowerHour.com, ThePowerMall.com are two great websites. You can also listen to us. TalkStreamLive.com is a great place. You can um, you know, stream. Sometimes it's easier for people to stream it there. Just search The Power Hour in the top, then click the icon. They also can go back a few podcasts uh, on our website. You can go you know, look at past interviews. I'm sure this interview, if you're not listening live... Or even if you are, you're going to want to share this and, and give this to somebody. Very interesting new guest that we have coming out first hour. So check that out. I am your honored host, Daniel Brigman. And, of course, we're uh, joined by uh, Uncle Kevin riding shotgun. Good morning, Uncle Kevin. Good morning. It's great to be here. Another great day in America. Uh, very good. Well, got a couple of great guys. Robert Redfern is here, which is very appropriate. He's got a new product that we haven't carried. I can't even say it right. Exanthem. Ex- Oh my gosh! I just crucify these names. What's it for? Well, we're gonna. That's oh. why Robert's gonna be here. We're gonna. Robert's time. gonna. Well, yeah, go. Robert's gonna talk about it. Um, and then John Singleton is here. I'll introduce him properly in a second. I got a couple stories I want to go over with you. All right. This is from Green County, Missouri. Uh, Catherine sent me this, and this is my worst nightmare. I mean, this is this is worse than a hundred thousand people dying from a virus. Forced inoculations? No. Oh. No. But 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 listen, this, okay. this opens my mind. This is the potential to, uh, you know, as dramatic as 100,000 people dying from this virus is, mm-hmm. if our world is now going to become like this, that's worse. Okay. Here, here, Common questions on how the, quote, stay-at-home ordinance will be enforced. How will the order be enforced? This is from a local paper there in Greene County. Will there be police checkpoints verifying what I'm doing? Springfield Police Chief Paul Williams says, no, we are not going to be setting points and looking for papers, he tells. First, there is nothing issued that says this is to drive or this is to work or anything else. Secondly, we're focusing on policing and keeping everybody safe in everything we do. There's that word safe. safe, I just love that. This is just one more thing. Here's his, here's his quote. If people, let this just kind of wave over you, this quote here. I got you. And, you know, this, tell me this doesn't I'm sound sad. a lot like Germany 1939. Yeah. If people just comply and stay at home and don't put themselves in a position where they might be found in violation, there is absolutely nothing to fear from the police department. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> problem solved. There you go. It's done. There you go. What's the pro- so, no problem? So if I just do everything they tell me, no. I won't have a problem. I won't. Wow. I didn't know that. This My life is much easier now. Simplify. What happens if I do get caught violating the order? Okay, here's, Six months in jail. Well, here's, Simple. here's his reply. Oh. Like with any other municipal ordinance, officers have wide discretion on how they're going to handle that. The ordinance does provide for a citation or an arrest. Should that be the case? Or if you if you hand him $50, he lets you go. <laughs> Dixon likens the COVID pandemic to the September 11th terror attacks and called on everyone to step up and do their part. We are within our bounds. 
Dixon said of the county's ability to enforce such a measure. How much liberty do you have if you no longer have life? Well, Mr. Dixon, I want to tell you what Patrick Henry said. There you go. Give me, I know not, of course, what others may take. Oh, no, let me back up. Is life so dear or peace so sweet to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery or municipal ordinances in this case? <laughs> Forbid it, almighty God. I know not, of course, others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. So take that. And put it in your pipe and smoke it, Mr. Dixon. Right. Uh, another at uh, the Chicago Sun Times article, very important article. Will COVID nineteen kill the Constitution? They're openly asking this question they in are. major publications. Yeah. New York, pushing. New York Times has another uh, pretty uh, provocative article about this. We've taken up a lot of time with this guest. I think these are very important. This is what this is about from our, our individual liberty. This is the this is the perspective that these these traitors to their oaths have. That's what they are. Exactly. If people just comply and stay home and don't put themselves in a position where they might be found in violation, there's absolutely nothing to fear. We could say the same thing. If they just uh, uh, live up to their oath, there's, there'll be no problem. There'll be no problem. We'll get along just fine. We'll get along just fine. Yeah. Works both ways, buddy. Our uh, first guest is new to the show. He's a, a, a Crypto J introduced me to him, which was thank you so much, Crypto J. This it's a, been a very uh, neat to get to know him. I mean, this is one of the great pleasures of being here is meeting certain people and individuals around this country. It gives me hope that there are people like Crypto J out here, but like uh, John Singleton, mm-hmm. uh, he his website Ace of Coins, also privacy privacyfightclub.com. You can get there from Ace of Coins, so just go to aceofcoins.com. He's an advocate for entrepreneurs and business owners. He helps his clients avoid the fraud trap built into the banking system. Boy, isn't that interesting. He's got a lot to say and a very interesting perspective. Very happy to meet him. Very happy to have him on. John Singleton, welcome to the Power Hour. Thank you, Daniel. Glad to be here. Yeah. So what do you think of uh, Officer Dixon there, that if we just comply and and there'll be no problem, just do what we say, we won't have an issue? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we just heard the definition of an open-air prison. Wow. Wow, that's profound. So now your house becomes a prison cell, pretty much. Right? They don't. Yeah, they don't have to. Be, they don't have to pay for all these prisons and these bars and, right. and security guards. You pay for the prison. It's in your house. You pay. You make here's the a, mortgage payment on your prison. Exactly. Here's here's a couple interesting concepts though. Um, if you were to be, leave your house and be, let's say, ticketed or taken to jail for, like, say, your second violation, right? That, what kind of liability is there? For the whoever's putting you in jail, the county or the state, for doing that, are they going to protect you against the virus now that you're in a different population in a closely packed, you know, population, or is it going to be vastly different than what we've seen on TV? Fantastic question. So you're out there in a park, not a soul <laughs> near you. <laughs> you're right. climbing a tree in a park. No chance of spreading the virus to anybody, and so we're going to arrest you and put you in a cell with fifty other people. <laughs> right. So who takes yeah. on that liability? Does the <laughs> does the county or the state or what? I mean, who's going to who's indemnified for that? They've got to have some insurance coverage because they're creating a health risk against the public safety doctrine, which they're tr- they're purporting to enforce. I, I that's a great question. I never even thought of that. I was just so indignant that he. I mean, sounds like a. He sounds like a Ger- this sounds straight out of Germany 1939. I mean his way- this is his quote. Yeah. Uh don't if they stay at home 
and don't then don't put themselves in a position where they might be found in violation, there's absolutely nothing to fear from the police department. <laughs> I mean, my God. So if you're driving your car somewhere, it doesn't matter where, and you're stopped by the police and they ask you where you're going, and you respond by saying, if I answer you, could my answer be used against me? And then if you don't answer, do you get in prison for that <laughs> under yeah. the guise of public safety? Well, according to yeah. well, according to uh, Officer Mister Dixon here, he says uh, there's wide there's uh, the, 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 where does he say it? There's wide discretion. Officers have wide discretion on how they handle that. So the answer to your mm-hmm. question is depends on what day the the policeman pulling <laughs> you over is having. That's the answer to yes. your question. And I on Thursday, right. uh, put your guns out on the front porch. We're going to collect them. Exactly. Tuesday. It was oh, a, it's a, tu- I'm it was sorry, a Tuesday. 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 Yeah, it was okay. a Tuesday. Nazi Germany. Well, that's what they. That's what Hitler said. Just on Tuesday, you know, when you take your trash out, just put your guns on the porch, and we'll come pick them up. That's right. Now we do have written documents. You know, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, all these things, and we know that they were not suspended during the Civil War. And Correct. The, the operating the operating principle here is that we're under the public safety doctrine. So in effect, the CDC is really dictating policy and how these the, our agencies are operating and interacting with us. Th- th- does that scare you? Because that's th- what you that's, just said. That is scary. Th- yeah. Now that what is about scary? Now let me ask you this: because we had uh, a doctor on yesterday, she was talking. We, we were talking about Walmart. Have you been to Walmart and seen the the blue bubbles on the ground? You know, stand here, don't stand here, yeah. whatever. This is yeah. six feet. Right. She was saying that um, CDC guidelines says three feet from everybody, but WHO guidelines say six feet. And I thought that was very interesting that Walmart was taking their cues from the WHO and not from the CDC. It is likely that the CDC is an agency of the World Health Organization. Wow. So basically the World Health Organization now has executive control or power over all 50 states, probably all Be- over the world. Because just because there might be people dying of so, I mean, I don't even know what the. I, you're not a doctor. I don't want to go down this line with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, but you know, we've had people. We've had people on give. I mean, we're talking about some of the most intelligent people I know. John Rappaport was on, given his perspective, and we had uh, a few doctors on give their perspective. I, I don't know what the truth is about this, and I study this well, all the time. This flu. This, as my friends call it, beer flu, it, it's going to kill people, unfortunately. And uh, there's a, it's likely that it's maybe intended to kill people that have a weak immune system, maybe the older people, maybe uh, like what happened in Germany. Because look what happened in Germany. The the target of the uh, war by, by Hitler was uh, the Jewish people because they were the bondholders for Germany. They were the biggest creditor collectively for the country of Germany. So Germany couldn't make good on those bonds. They were coming due. So it makes sense to kill the creditor. And so that solved a lot of economic problems. If it turns out, and we'll know over time, I hate to say, we'll know over time what demographic is affected the most from this flu. If it's going to be those who are over 60 or the baby boomers, then that would make sense that maybe it was intended for that purpose. Because the unfunded liability of paying for them. Right. And the other aspect that goes right next to this is the what's called force me her in a contract force M-A-J-U-R-E. OK, basically what it means is if there if you have a contract, a long term contract or whatever kind of contract, your obligations are suspended under the contract if there's an act of nature or an act of war. 
Now, I believe this flu virus is an act of war, but it's being sold as an act of nature. Either way, it, re- it relieves all the governments and big corporations and banking associations from all their debt obligations. If you wondered how they're going to get out of debt, you're seeing it right now. Well, let's talk about that in a broader pers- – I mean, that was basically the f- first question I was going to ask you is – what are we looking at here as far as from a financial standpoint? Uh, go, let's go deeper into that. We are witnessing the bankers bailout, okay, and the the virus is going to be blamed for it. When the virus is being used to keep people at home and shut down companies and supply chains, the virus will be blamed for the economic collapse. But the economic collapse was going to happen anyways right about now. They just needed a scapegoat, and they needed a way to get out of these contracts, so the, the virus does it. Contracts being uh, like bonds to foreign countries, bonds, uh, derivatives. Exactly. Derivatives, you name it. Pension p- funds, on and on and on. Every every long-term debt that brings down a country's finance financial situation. They can get out of this because of an act of nature. Okay, our, our mutual acquaintance or mutual friend, Jay, he says, and he's not the only one, he says we are about to witness the largest wealth transfer in the history of the world over the next little while, few years, whatever, 10 years, decade, whatever you want to define it. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. And so you have to ask, okay, what do we mean by wealth transfer? When we talk about wealth transfer around the world, most important assets are priced in the dollar, right? Like oil. It's the dollar. So what do you do with the dollar when there's a wealth transfer. You don't go from the dollar to the dollar. You got to go somewhere else. We went from the British pound sterling to the dollar in the last century because it used to be the British pound sterling that was the world currency. Then it was the U.S. dollar. Now what's it going to be? There isn't a country to absorb it. So what is this wealth transfer? What does it involve? All right, let me stop you right there before we go further. Obviously, the question's hanging. Okay, what is it? But uh, you said there's not a country to absorb it. Is China? Some would argue that China is positioning themselves to be that country with the with the amount of gold that they're having or whatever with their currency. What's your thoughts on China? It is not. uh, It won't work economically, and it's not designated as the next world currency. It's not. There is no population. You have to have a population to absorb it, a population using a particular currency to absorb it, and we don't have that on the Earth. You'd actually have to have – you'd have to have a civilization on like Mars to make that work. So if since we don't have that, we need some other unit of measure, some way to account for this. Exp- explain that. What do you mean <clears throat> we'd have to have a so- uh, society on Mars? You mean you, a society so b- – because the debt and because ever, the obligations are so big, you need a population so big that you can basically steal from and, and, and pilfer a little bit at a time from the currency to make it work. Is that what you're saying? Those are the exact words I would use, yes. <laughs> they need a big population to carry the burden of this debt structure that we've created with the dollar. And so they can't do that. There isn't one. So they have to rebuild the whole thing. They have to wipe it out and start over, basically. And that's what we're witnessing right now. Wow. Okay, so for people, and I'm sitting here listening to you, uh, immediately what I'm thinking of is uh, in America at one time, you know, before 1913, you know, I have, in fact, right here, over here somewhere, I got a silver dollar. You know, it's from 1920 or whatever, and it was $1, and it's close to an ounce of silver. Or a $20 gold piece was, was gold, so that was $20. Now that same gold piece costs about seventeen hundred dollars, and but 
right. still, if you had $20 paper, that was equivalent then. Now it's $20 won't even buy you close to an ounce of gold. So if people to demonstrate what Jay is, I'm, I'm, John is, is, is saying here, I'm, I'm really complicating this, but look at the, the, uh, a $20 gold piece in 1907 and a $20 paper was the same thing. Now we're 2020, a $20 paper barely buys you some rolls of toilet paper, but that $20 mm-hmm. gold piece now buys you $1,700 worth of things. Mm-hmm. So, th- so, True. so, so what just happened? They stole all the difference, all the, the $1,750 in between the bankers basically have robbed from us. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's, that's close, right? Yes. Okay. So, so, so then, what do you, th- go ahead. Do you think the gold and silver is going to be absorbing or tr- replacing the dollar? No, I don't. I don't. I'm just giving right. an example of how the right. value has been stolen. You know, so because what you just said is we need a population like on Mars to be able to to absorb this. America could absorb it because a twenty dollar gold piece was in 1907, and now it's now seventeen hundred dollars. They absorbed the sixteen hundred dollars and whatever in between. The bankers just took that to absorb the shock of the system. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right. Okay. So, and you asked about China. Would China be able to absorb this this dollar system and transfer the wealth into the into the Chinese system? Let's say the yuan. And what if we said, how about what if we took China, the U.S., Russia, and twenty other countries, major countries? I'm just making up a number here. And let's just say all those countries agreed to use a collection of currencies at the same time, regardless of nationality. Do you think that would be large enough that that would account for enough of the world's resources and population and labor to carry the load for this dollar transfer, this wealth transfer. You asking me, you tell me, I, I don't, I mean, I, I guess. I think it would. I think we just need a large enough population using similar type of currency or economic system to then absorb what we created with the dollar. And I think we have that right in front of us. Okay. The word cryptocurrency, cryptographic currencies, uh, to most of our audience, you know, this is about as interesting as the man on the moon to, to our audience. I mean, it means nothing. They have no context for it. They don't know why they need to know about it and what have you. We, we've started to discuss this in interviews. I have really felt from my research, this is super important because of what you're saying. Uh, do you, one, do you agree with me? And two, if so, then where does crypto fit into all this? Well, cryptographic currency is the future. You're going to need it in the future, and I'm talking about three to five years from now. So you you, you should learn about it. it. It you will need it. You will not survive with just dollars. Okay. Well, say what you just. That was a very provocative statement. You will not survive with just right. dollars. What, give us some context to that. What do you mean? Well, um, it's going to be the currency. Okay, cryptographic currency is solving problems that we have with the dollar. It's solving um, oh gosh, I don't know it, the debt problems. Uh, I mean, there, there's hundreds of problems it's solving, but there's different types of cryptographic currencies for different purposes, which is the banker's dream. So the bankers, I believe it was the bankers who created this system, the cryptographic currency that we are now. I'm sure some of you all have heard of this. Um, they created it to bail themselves out because, like I said, there was no other population to dump this on. They had to create a new type of currency that was borderless that people would think it's their own and build it out, which is what we've done. We started with Bitcoin, and we developed it out to 300 or maybe 2,000 currencies as of now. So All that's right, we, what's coming. Yeah. We got about two minutes before the first break, and this is probably be a good point. 
uh, just give us a two-minute Reader's Digest version for somebody who doesn't know you from Adam or know this whole concept from, from anything. What is a cryptocurrency? A cryptocurrency is an accounting ledger. It's an open source ledger. Just like using your dollars, if you look at a balance sheet or an income statement, call that a ledger. It's telling you how much money goes in, how much money goes out, how much value is on the books. Cryptocurrency is nothing but that. It's an open ledger that everybody can read, but it's it's secure access so that the people who have ownership on certain parts of that ledger, certain currencies, let's say, they are they can only access that and no one else can and it's almost guaranteed it's it's encrypted so your property rights are expressed in this open source ledger and they're encrypted and protected and secured unlike cash in your wallet where someone could just mug you and steal it cryptocurrency if used properly avoids that problem that's the very basic of it and you feel like a lot of people this wasn't some japanese uh, teenager in his mom's basement who invented bitcoin you think this was a very big operation at a very high level that came up with this i think this came from the us military and i think it was in collaboration with maybe one or more uh, other nations and l- very likely the big players in the banking system i think they developed this um okay i hear that then if i'm listening i'm thinking well why would i want to get involved you're going to have to. It's just like I remember my mother um, where she did, just didn't want to get a computer in the 90s. It was way into the late 90s and she finally got a computer and she was stuck with her typewriter. She just wanted her typewriter and uh, she finally had to go and get a computer to, to just to keep up, just to communicate with people. And so it's going to be like that. The same thing with uh, writing checks on a checking account, learning how to do that for the first time or learning how to use a credit card for the first time. Now we're going to have to learn how to use cryptographic currency, and more than likely, our phone is going to be our wallet if you're not already doing that. Whoa. Um, I'm always fascinated by, you know, people talk about the future, people talk about robots, and it seems out of context and it's hard to understand. I always go back to the, the example of the ice truck. You know, in the early 1900s, you had a good living. You had a good career. Your career was, I deliver ice on the ice trucks to all the ice boxes. And then right. at some point, when refrigerators came in, a whole industry was out of business. <laughs> sure. There was done. And so this is, it's, this is not a, you know, modern or, or recently, recent invention. You know, people got drummed out of the ice truck business a uh, hundred and some years ago. Uh, same kind of idea. There's the music. John Singleton, aceofcoins.com is the website. He is obviously his knowledge in a variety of areas. We'll get to some more specifics about protecting yourself, about uh, liabilities, all these things, the new world, so to speak, how to navigate this. Very important. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Power Hour. Boost your immune system naturally this year with oil of oregano, a potent germ killer. This is the true wild oregano oil P73, a blend of edible spices of wild oregano grown on natural mineral-rich soils. Research published in the International Journal of Food Microbiology found that oil of oregano is an excellent germicide capable of killing a wide range of fungi and bacteria. Get it today by visiting thepowermall.com or calling 877-817-9829.
As you all know, everything begins with an idea. Ideas have helped shape the very world we live in. ThePowerMall.com began as an idea, allowing entrepreneurs and small business owners like yourself the opportunity to not only survive, but thrive in an era where corporations dominate. ThePowerMall.com is a small family-owned business who has partnered with companies you've come to rely on and trust over the years, like Strauss Heart Drops, North American Urban Spice, Miracle 2 Soaps, Vitamir, Numana Foods, storage to name just a few fight back against large corporations when you buy from the need to speak to a real person call jay at the and receive superior customer service call 1-877-817-9829 right now that number again is 1-877-817-9829 support small businesses and buy from the good guys at the that's the Break the bond of Big Pharma. Hi, it's Joyce Riley with the Power Hour to tell you about the powerful benefits of Strauss Heart Drops. Many people today are locked into the routine of taking multiple prescription drugs. Strauss Herb Company believes that everything the body needs is provided by nature. Strauss Heart Drops may clear congested arteries, restore damaged muscle, maintain healthy cholesterol levels, and flush toxins and metals from the body. They may even be helpful in treating varicose veins. And unlike prescription drugs that are packed with chemicals, Strauss Heart Drops are 100% natural and harness the healing power of herbs like garlic, cayenne, white willow bark, and mistletoe. For the full line of Strauss products, I urge you to call the Power Hour at 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. Or visit thepowermall.com. And remember, beware of knockoffs. Get the original. Get Strauss Heart Drops. Hi, it's Joyce Riley with the Power Hour. There's something really fun and exciting about discovering products that make life more pleasant and enjoyable. Well, Miracle 2 soaps definitely fit that description. The shelves at the supermarket are packed with soaps and cleansers that are full of chemicals that slowly destroy our health and the environment. Miracle 2 products are all natural, like the green soap that can replace your bath, laundry, household soaps, and cleaning products. And please try Miracle 2 Skin Lotion. It's quickly absorbed and not greasy like all those other mass-produced lotions. Miracle 2 Moisturizer is full of fabulous oils and emollients that leave the skin healthy and baby soft. I guarantee after you discover how amazing Miracle 2 products are, you'll recommend them to everyone you know. Just call 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. Or visit thepowermall.com. You'll learn why so many people say it's not just soap, it's a miracle. With dozens of food and storage companies buying up airtime all over radio, it's hard for you to know which company you can actually trust. Numana Food Storage is nutritious, is GMO-free, contains no aspartame, no high fructose corn syrup, has no chemicals, preservatives, or soy. And Numana Food Storage has a 25-year shelf life. Call Jay at 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. Or order online at thepowermall.com. America made just for you. Food storage, I love to eat. Yum! Hi, this is Jay at the Pyramall. I thought I would discuss an item that's very valuable to my personal health and well-being. That product is called Curcumin X4000. Its potent antioxidant properties have been shown to decrease swelling and allow us to enjoy our golden years. Take control over your health today, guys. Order Curcumin by calling 877-817-9829 or order at thepyramall.com. That's thepyramall.com. 
Welcome back to the Power Hour. The Power Mall is where all the great products that we have to bless and enhance your life. Great interview yesterday with, uh, uh, well, it was Ray is on, but Ray and Dean from Silver Botanicals where we were talking about the, uh, um, the, the deodorant, the Silver Shield deodorant. And I talked to him after there. He's going to send me for my wife some of that total body skin therapy, some of those baths. So no reason to have the chemical bath bombs. You can have actually something that's good for you in your bath that helps relax you. That, uh, uh, is sensuous, is, uh, you know, just relaxing. And it's not gonna poison you. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, who, I'm sick of being poisoned. Why do we have to compromise, uh, our luxury or our life to be poisoned anyway? Happy Bodies Detox Cocktail, always important, especially right now with your cells. Protect your cells, your cell membrane. You see how important this is, ladies and gentlemen? Phosphatidylcholine and the cell, uh, the vitamin E. And the uh, Happy Bodies Detox Cocktail. Detox your body and then fortify your cell membranes. The oregano, oregoresp, uh, all the like. We'll discuss this more in the other hour with Robert Redfern. He's got some new products uh, um, <clears throat> that we are offering, so we'll get to them. Get back to our guest. Aceofcoins.com is his website. And because we talked about that article uh, from Springfield, J- John, I don't think we properly introduced or gave your background. So tell people a little bit about, you know, what you've been doing for the past 20 plus years and kind of how you got into this and what your expertise area is. Well, I first started looking at debt collection issues with consumers and in the very beginning, I actually started in Missouri. I had my first uh, group of people over there to help. They had severe IRS collection problems. And so I just looked at the problem and in terms of how I could fix it to where the client had access to his money and the IRS wasn't going to try to take it anymore. And so I would just work through that, whatever that entailed. And then I would run into people that could have that situation. So what I would do is, I guess I would call it manage the risk, eliminate the liability of a problem with the IRS or state uh, or debt collectors in general, or just having too much risk. Um, And so over the years, I've just looked at each People have sent me business. They sent me problems. <laughs> hey, call my friend. Call this guy. You know, my friend told me to call you, and I got this problem. And so I would just go through the whole thing, and I would I would look at the client's uh, risk or exposure to being collected against, and then I would eliminate that risk. So one example would be something like here's a quick example. Let's say he had a clear title on his house, and he wasn't able to uh, pay his credit card bills anymore. So he had let's say four credit cards. And he wasn't going to pay him. So likely, as far as I can see, in about 18 months to two years, he might get sued and have a judgment. And then that would take the equity from his house where his equity was 100 percent. Then he gets sued. They just start whittling away at that equity. So what I would simply do is reorganize the title and ownership rights of the house, the property title in an estate plan, so to speak. So that way, if that did happen, if he did get sued, the risk would have would not be there. So that's a, a simple example. What are some so things, it, yeah. as far as that dynamic, uh, what are some of the, what should I say, some of, some of the worst uh, mental or economic habits that we have as Americans that get us into trouble, that we, we believe are true, that we believe what we should do, but they actually open the door for liability to us? Okay, um, too much consumer debt. Obviously, that's an obvious one, right? But here's here's the real problem. People don't understand that. Paying off a consumer debt like a credit card in advance early is very destructive to your net worth, and it's rewarding to the bank. 
Um, so that that's one of the things I look at when I'm helping somebody. So somebody might call me and say, hey, I just got a windfall from an inheritance and I want to pay off my mortgage. My, my buddy said to call you first. So what I had to have them do is take a portion of that windfall and acquire an asset or a cash flow, something very simple he can just start making money with. And I'm not saying invest in the stock market. I'm saying a real asset. We take a portion of his windfall. We generate some cash flow and then we use that cash flow to pay off whatever debt he was going to pay off with his windfall. So then when he's paid off the debt, he still has the asset. And so that's a habit that people don't understand generally. So, you know, this is the whole idea. I want, I want to own things. I don't want to owe anybody. I mean, this comes, this comes straight from the Bible. You know, you'll, you'll lend, but not borrow. So that's kind of that ethic. I don't want to owe anything. I want to own my house free and clear. I want to own my car free and clear. But you're saying in this debt based system, that's not the smartest way to operate. I mean, explain that. You put too much risk. Okay, so you have risk with debt, but you have risk, ironically, with no debt, especially as a consumer. I mean, I don't, I don't say, I'm not saying you should have a lot of debt, but as a consumer, you should have a little bit. You should always have a little bit of debt and keep it that way. Keep that number small. And I don't know what that means for you. You'd have to figure that out. Um, but when it comes to business, that's the opposite. In business, in this economic system, and it might still continue into the new system. I don't know, but it's, it's, uh, not a good idea. It's the, it's a bad use of capital not to have debt. So if I, if I had $10 million and I bought a hotel with it, great. I now own a hotel and it's, I'm making lots of money with it and it's a $10 million asset. Great. But I'm also tied up, I've tied up my cash in this $10 million hotel. Okay. I can't spend it. I don't have access to it. And I'm acting as my own lender, so to speak, even though the contract is not written that way because I've tied up all my cash. So now I'm not only a real estate investor, I'm a, I'm a lender, but I'm not qualified to be a lender because I don't know the underwriting. I don't have access to the actuarials. I don't have uh, wholesale buyers. I don't have my back-end support like a bank does. So the smart use of capital is, sure, buy the hotel for $10 million, but at the same time, you need to borrow money against it and go into debt in the business, not yourself. The business, the company that will own the hotel, and so borrow so from money a, out. Yeah. So from an individual perspective, you, I'm getting that you want as little liability on you. So an asset, you owning an asset, actually becomes a, a, a liability and a vulnerability in this crazy sue happy debt based uh, you know world. That's what you're saying. All right. Well, let's be let's be clear what an asset is. An asset is not the house you live in. It's not your asset. It's somebody else's. An asset is if you bought your neighbor's house and leased it back to him. That would be an asset. How is it not your asset? If you if you say you pay for your house free and clear, how is that not your asset? Well, you have to pay for it. Is it paying you money every month or annually? Oh, Are you I earning see. money from? Yeah, and I don't care about the equity because it's not that's a fiction too. I'm talking about cash flow. If it's not making you money. Then it's not an asset. So it's a, it's actually so actually your house. Okay, I see what you're saying. Your house is liability because you gotta pay the you gotta pay to upkeep it. You gotta pay the taxes on it. Yeah. You gotta pay. So it's actually you think it's an asset, but it's really a liability, or it's an asset it, it, that you're not utilizing. It's just sitting there. What the the other not. side of that argument is? Well, I'm not making a mortgage payment, so every month I'm I'm paying myself a mortgage, basically, or I'm saving myself a mortgage. That's the other side of that. Yeah, sure. That looks better on your income, right? That does look better, but even if you didn't have to pay property taxes, what about maintenance? You got costs to keep it up. They add up. I mean, wow. it's, co- it's definitely not paying you, and over time, it costs you a certain amount of dollars or whatever. Well, let me. It let, does cost, you know, yeah. 
owning a car free and clear, owning a house free and clear, owning things free and clear is also, uh, there's a liberating side to that too. How would you, yes. what would you say to that? Well, that's, that's great. And it's a good feeling. I've done it before. And I, then I learned over the years that it's better to, while I have, let's say a debt free thing I'm using, a car, house, property, or even an asset, it's a good idea to have a real asset that's paying for it so that my, the money I make at my job is not having to pay for it. That's, All right. So that's the key thing that people miss. Okay. So if in a system, especially we're talking about now, very vulnerable economic system, I guess in a steady, constant, growing economy, re- real economy, that probably makes sense. In this economy we have now, I would think you, uh, the strategy to just kind of pull things in and, and not have, uh, you know, what, what I'm trying to say, the system you just described, it can all be taken out from under you. Then you can lose everything and the house that you own. And it happens all the time. But that's the risk you take. But that's a much better risk to have than simply deliberately creating the risk by just misusing your capital. Yeah, you, there is systemic risk. I mean, you could go out and – I mean, let's say a year ago you thought it was a great idea to own a, a Burger King. Well, what's it look like today? You know, obviously, you run into those things. But over the long term, you're going to do well if you look at using real assets to pay for your real liabilities and understand which are which. Like a 401k or an IRA, that is not your investment. That is a savings plan that someone else is using to invest his money somewhere else. Let's talk about what thing, what uh, things people need to think about and do to take away their vulnerabilities or to limit their vulnerabilities. Or I guess they can call you and work with you from your website too, but just give some general tips to people. Yeah, this is the first thing I recommend. People ask me that a lot and I just say, well, make a list of everything you have the right to spend, any money you have the right to spend. For example, if you have a stock account, can you sell it, sell the stock and then take the money and go spend it? And most people say, yeah, well, of course I could. There's penalties or whatever, but yeah, I could do that. Savings account, yeah. Checking account, yeah. I have the right to spend that money. What about things to sell? Can you sell your house? Yeah, you might have some money left over. Sell your boat, sell your car, yeah, you can do all that. So if you can spend it or sell it, that is your risk. Meaning that if you have the right to spend it or sell it, someone else, a creditor, can become your creditor, can get a claim against you and take that from you. Because you have the right to spend it or sell it, a creditor can take it from you. And you would say that, uh, what would you say to the person that, well, I don't have any creditors. I don't, uh, I'm not bothered by people. I just stick to myself and I don't, I don't worry about any of that. What would you say? That's great. Your risk is, your risk is very low and you can probably do nothing. You can just keep living your life the way you are and, and, and not benefit from understanding anything about planning. And you'll probably not have, you won't benefit from the other side of managing risk. So once you get out of the risk, like if I restructure property rights so that all those things you don't have the right to spend money. You don't have the right to sell things. Even you could, though you could, a creditor couldn't attach any claims to it. Now what? Do you, do you understand how to acquire an asset and use it to enrich your life? Most people don't even get that far. They're still dealing with the debt situation. So if you want to just stay there and not deal with it because you don't have a debt situation, well then fine, but you won't learn anything. Well, people are going to say, what do you mean to stay in the, I don't want to stay in a debt situation. I am in a debt situation, John. <laughs> yeah, okay. And aren't we all? I mean, if we're using dollars, we're in a debt situation. So the, the trick point. on it is, <laughs> Good point. yeah, I mean, in, in, in any, in any economic situation, like now or 10 years ago or 10 years from now, you still want to look for an asset or several assets to provide you and your family with whatever it is you need. 
everybody should own a piece of their neighborhood is what I always tell you. I tell people, you should own, like you and your neighbor should own the dry cleaners. Even though it's netting you each $8,000 a year, you should own those assets. Why would you let an international franchise own it? Um, you sound a lot like, uh, you know, uh, co-ops and things like that. The, you know, community co-ops would, uh, do you think as we go forward that more of that idea is going to grow up and, and kind of expand? Are people going to run to that as they see these corporations, uh, bail out, these corporations fail and the system fail? Do you think that idea is going to become more popular? Yes, I think, and I've already seen at Home Depot, I've seen for the first time I can ever remember, I've seen people buying I mean, I stood there and watched them to be sure I was seeing the right thing. They were buying gardening materials, like making garden boxes and soil and, and, every, and all the things you need to make a garden. They're actually starting to do this. So, so I think in the near future, people are going to want to know where their food came from. Do you see this? See, because I think the future, as we're standing on this cusp, I see it as an opportunity. Obviously, there's a lot of risk. Obviously, there's a lot of upheaval that we see are on the horizon. I think you would agree. But I see opportunity too. What do you? What's your feeling that way? The opportunity is so great, I, I can't keep up with it, and I see it all the time. I'm an entrepreneur. I, in fact, just yesterday, I went to my son who's 16, and I told him about an opportunity that I saw that I I can't do because I'm too busy. And so, you know, it's everywhere. I don't care what your economic situation is. There's all kinds of ways to do things to prosper, whether or not you want to get rich or just make enough money or have enough resources. You can do all that. Or just be more independent, you know, just be more independent, yeah. not a slave to the system. You know, I, uh, I've told this story several times and I'll semi tell it now. My last day in college, my last day. In college, I was in a high-level business course, and they had some visiting teacher. This was in, I don't know, this was quite a while ago. And uh, the teacher was some well-known uh, whatever person. It was a guest speaker. It was trying to tell us about how um, open borders and free trade is going to help the NAFTA was going to be a boon to everybody. And he had a picture of Canada and America and Mexico on the board. And had the systems and he, and he had closed circles for each one and then he opened the circles and opened it. And he said how this is going to rise the tide of everybody. And I raised my hand. I said, um, isn't it true that, you know, if you take hot and cold water and you're separated and you break the barrier that you're going to, what's going to result is lukewarm water out of the two mixing? Isn't that true? Well, yes. Well, here's what you're saying. You're saying a hot economy like America and a very cold economy, underdeveloped economy like Mexico, you're saying we're going to open this and that that's going to even out and the whole, and the temperature of the whole thing's going to rise even greater. He says, yes. That's, <laughs> he says, yes, that's what I'm saying. I said, and I said this in class. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And everybody <laughs> in the class looked at me like I was from Mars or something. And so I realized, what yeah. the hell am I doing here? I, I right. this is ridiculous. I mean, right. this is absurd. So this whole mindset and this system, it's a, it holds us in a certain place and gets us away from our creativity and our ingenuity and our, our build something and independence and, and all that. That's what I would like to see America get back to. I think we'll have to. I think it's natural. We're going to see that people working together. And I, I think in the near future, we're, we'll see people growing things in their gardens and then sharing it with their neighbors on the weekends. I, I just see it. Well, do you see, gov- well, see the other side of that is government regulation. They'll just keep regulating, regulating, regulating until you can't even grow. You know, the whole famous Bob Dylan song, you can't even grow a garden anymore. <laughs> well, uh, what's being regulated now in neighborhoods is, is through the homeowners associations. And these are not the associations. These are corporations. 
the association is the guy who owns a house and the other guy who owns a house and the other guy who owns a house. It's not the board of directors, okay? Two different entities. People don't understand that yet, but pretty soon they're going to be able to protect themselves, I think, and create their own local government system and use their HOA to do it. But they just have to understand that they have the power to do that, and then they can start mandating, hey, guys, you're going to need to get rid of the stupid lawn and start growing things. You're wasting space. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know. Interesting. You, uh, let's get in. One of the things you said at the beginning of this interview about the, this, what we're saying with this virus, the system, meaning the banking system that we presently are dealing with, it needed an excuse to basically blow off steam and, and to put a, a scapegoat for this crash that they have created. Talk about that a little further. And then what, what is coming on the other side? Where do crypto, what is coming? Where, where does crypto fit into this? Why do we even need to know this? All right, here's the transfer of wealth. The cryptographic currency system is where all the dollars around the world, and I'm not talking about just U.S. dollars, any currency that's fiat from a government is being stuffed into the crypto universe by the hundreds of millions a day. Okay, so, go, go deeper. Yeah. Wait a minute, slow down. I mean, for, for me and, you know, Vera, who's listening on the couch. Okay, <laughs> slow, say that again. What does that mean? What did you just say? Okay, where you have pools of cash in the system, dollars, whatever, rubles, whatever, these these units of currency from the government banks are being used to purchase cryptographic currency in the hundreds of millions of dollars a day. So, so you're saying themselves. that so you're saying all these dollars that are sitting out there, all these rubles, whatever, all this excess cash that is in independent hands is now being funneled and it's being funneled because people are using them to spend on cryptographic currency and it's getting into this uh this new paradigm. That's what you're saying. Well people yeah, people like me, you and you and I are buying the currency, but that's not where the purchases are the large purchases are. It's the actual bankers, like JP Morgan and Chase and uh, Bank of New York Mellon and all these international banks. They're buying the cryptos from oh. the miners. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, okay. So explain. So JP Morgan, while Jamie Dimon on one side of his mouth is talking about how Bitcoin's the biggest scam ever, is on the other side buying it up as fast as he can. That's basically what you're saying. Absol- absolutely. Every time you hear him trash-talking cryptos, just understand that the opposite is true, and the guy who's trash-talking it is the one loading up on it. They don't want us to know about it. Not yet. Why? 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 You say not because yet. Because they want to leg wa- up on us. They want to leg up, and they don't want they don't want more demand on the miners than they're already placing on the miners. They're at, at capacity, and the miners these are the networks that are generating the new coins for each of the coins. They generate them through mathematical algorithms, and you can only generate so many coins in many of these currencies over a certain amount. It's like mining gold. You can only get so much gold in the land over a period of time. That's how coins are produced. So the the big money is getting the coins right when they get mined. This is fascinating. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, Crypto J was talking about how that this transfer can't they can't let it go too fast because the whole thing will just it will go into Mad Max situation. They got to like systematically do it step by step. Would you agree with that? Yes, they have to drive the price of precious metals down, as we all know by now that it's all rigged. They have to keep that down so that everyone thinks it's all this, everything's the same. It's all what you think, you know, on the surface. And you watch the CNN, you think that's what what they're telling you is the truth. Most people believe all that, but in the background, they're buying up coins like mad, like there's no tomorrow. And it's it's a little bit further than that because you're talking about billion. Wait a minute, you're talking about crypto coins, yes, and bill, bullion coins also, yes. Well, yeah, they are buying precious metal too. Precious metals is an important uh, money to have. 
It is important. I'm not saying that's not going to save you in the future. You're going to need crypto coins. And the bankers have created this for themselves and they're buying big into it. Like, okay, for example, if you guys can look this up, XRP. Okay, XRP is a crypto coin. Ripple. Look it up. Right. Ripple. Okay, now that's, that is going to become, it's destined to be, intended to be the world reserve currency. Whoa. That's That's what's going to absorb the dollar. Whoa. So I've heard that that's the banker coin. I've heard the American Express is already running on it. And there are versions of this. They can't just do it all in one coin, but basically XRP would be the world reserve. It's like, it's kind of like your, your special drawing rights currency, right? By the IMF, the, you know, right. the, the monetary fund. Yeah. We're, we're running out of time. We need like two hours with you. I, I hope that you come on again soon. Will you come on again soon? Sure. I'd love to. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the silver market, silver bullion. Something interesting has happened. My good friend Mike, who's uh, up in Cape Girardeau at River City Coins, I've given his number out for anybody, you know, 573-334-1108, 573-334-1108, if anybody wants to call him. I called him yesterday and had a pretty detailed conversation about, you know, silver. You know, what are, you, are you spending silver? Are you buying silver? What are, you, are you selling it? What? He said, nobody is selling it. There's no silver available. The spot price in the paper price on Wall Street may say silver is $14 and something right now. It went tanked. He says, you cannot buy a silver eagle, one silver eagle, for under about $24. 24 to $27 for one silver eagle when Wall Street right. tells us it should be worth 14 or $15. Right, right. And uh, my broker was so happy. I've been selling large amounts of silver back to him. He's so happy to restock it and sell it before it even hits the shelf. So he's able to fill orders because I'm reallocating more into cryptos, more heavily into cryptos. Because your money, you're going to make the money that you want in cryptos in the next 18 months, and then you want to go back into precious metals after 18 months. Right now, it's too early in precious metals, in my opinion. I, I'm fascinated by this. We have three or four minutes. Um, Ace of Coins is your website. People can learn a lot of this other information more detailed. They also can reach out to you and, and use your services of how to maybe limit their liabilities, protect themselves, organize themselves in a way that uh, is a little better. Um, we got about two or three minutes left. What did we want to leave our audience with? Well, I, I would strongly recommend that you investigate this crazy idea of cryptocurrencies. Get a little, get a little uh, history on it. And uh, consider getting into it a little bit. There's a very easy ways to get in for $10. You don't have to spend a million dollars. This is not financial advice, ladies and gentlemen. This is not, you know, we're not brokers or whatever. And again, the same thing I've told you. I felt like this is very important that you need, you need to know this, I think. You need to be aware of this to be uh, alert to what is going on around you. Uh, I'm not telling you to invest in it or not invest in whatever i'm just saying you need to be aware of it and then make your own decisions and i'm trying to present you with people who can give you information that uh, to help you the best you can that's that's what i'm trying to do here and having jay and also the other things you can do i mean i mean this guy is super talented and super knowledgeable on a lot of levels i mean we barely scratch the surface so i'm really excited he's agreed to come on again at another time but um we've got about a minute or so left uh, jay lost last thought is yours well, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate being on your show, and I hope uh, that it's compelling. I hope people find it interesting and definitely like to continue the conversation. Should we be hopeful? Should we like be under our covers, just feel like the uh-huh. sky is falling right now? I'm very optimistic, and on every level. No matter what I'm seeing in the news and hearing from people, I'm very optimistic on everything. I see opportunity. I see good health. I see all kinds of good things, and I'm not, I don't think I'm crazy yet. So time will tell, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
You, you're not crazy yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, that's 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 hilarious. Uh, it's really nice to meet you. Um, I Kev, any questions you have for Jay? We got about a minute. We got a little less than a minute. What's he think of Trump? Is Trump real in the banking? He brought, I like him. brought he's in very, there. Just he's to, very entertaining. To, yeah. Is he just brought he in there to switch over? See, some people he's think that help Trump's with the transition. A, yes. Yeah, help with the transition. You agree with that? He he's part of the transition. Yes. Wow. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Very interesting. Stay there, John. Will you? I'll talk to you sure. as you leave. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Robert Redford on the other side. God bless you. Ace of Coins is his website.com. We are the Power Hour at thepowerhour.com. We've all heard about antibiotics, but what about probiotics? Antibiotic means against life. Probiotic means pro-life. Antibiotics kill bacteria that are infectious and harmful to the body. They also kill the good bacteria, though, that are necessary for good health. Probiotics from Living Streams replaces the healthy balance of friendly bacteria and normalizes the digestive tract. Gastritis, ulcers, diarrheal disease is just a few of the problems people develop when the intestinal flora is out of balance. Living Streams probiotics create the healthy balance needed for good digestion, suppresses growth of pathogenic bacteria, and actually increases resistance to infection. Call the Power Hour, 877-817-9829. Order your Living Stream probiotics today. They're available in two, four, and eight ounce bottles, and Living Streams Probiotics comes with a money back guarantee. Get your body back in balance with Living Streams Probiotics today. 877 817 9829. That's 877 817 9829. Living Streams Probiotics. Everyone should be pro life. As you all know, everything begins with an idea. Ideas have helped shape the very world we live in. ThePowerMall.com began as an idea, allowing entrepreneurs and small business owners like yourself the opportunity to not only survive, but thrive in an era where corporations dominate. ThePowerMall.com is a small family-owned business who has partnered with companies you've come to rely on and trust over the years, like Strauss Heart Drops, North American Urban Spice, Miracle 2 Soaps, Vitamir, Numana Foods, storage to name just a few fight back against large corporations when you buy from thepowermall.com need to speak to a real person call jay at thepowermall.com and receive superior customer service call 1-877-817-9829 right now that number again is 1-877-817-9829 support small businesses and buy from the good guys at thepowermall.com that's thepowermall.com does big pharma have a hold of you? Theparamol.com believes everything the body needs is provided by nature. Unlike prescription drugs that aren't meant to cure, but cover up your symptoms and contain addicting chemicals. Strauss Heart Drops are 100% all natural. Get the original. Get Strauss Heart Drops by calling J at 1-877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. Or order online at theparamol.com today. 